Welcome to Resilient. I'm your host, Jennifer Chambers. Today on Resilient, we speak with Ryan Ward, who's also known as Token Carney on his website and social media. Token's a circus runaway who left a toxic situation and packed his belongings on New Year's Eve before driving cross country in a rental car to start over. He shares his story on his website, redheadrunaway.com, as a reminder that it's okay to run away, just as long as you know what you're running towards. Join us, won't you, today on Resilient. <laughs> well, why don't you start by giving me kind of like a short biography of you, like who you are. Sure. I'm going to hope you. that I have my dog and my partner in the other room, my roommate's in her room, and I'm hoping everything stays quiet so that I can not have interruptions for you. But that's also why I recorded on my own so that you can edit anything out if you need to. Um, Perfect. I yeah. So my name is Ryan, but most people would know me as Token Carney. I don't use my name on my website. I go by um, my screen name just because uh-huh. it. I don't know. It's like a. I just had this discussion the other day too. It's it's like a separation of token can be all the things that Ryan isn't, and it can uh-huh. it like lets me tell my story in a more vulnerable way because I'm able to be open and post everything I need to because there's this like it keeps my private life private and it keeps my public (laughs) life the way it is not that I'm trying to hide anything because my story is incredibly personal and very very open and vulnerable but it allows me to have just that hint of at the end of the day I can step away from all of this stuff Ooh, I like that though I think that's that's really smart you have to preserve a little bit of yourself well it, it right. yeah exactly and the person i was talking to about this is incredible she's um a photographer and she has like a, a mentorship group that she's in and i've known her for years and so we like had a call about all this stuff i'm doing and she's like listen since january your story is like blown up you've done a lot with the way you do things and the way you present yourself and it's really impressive mm-hmm. and she's like and i think that you need to just focus oh, excuse me coffee verbs and understand <laughs> that um people are going to see you online and they're going to think that they know you and that's not the case like they're going to see what they see and they're going to know what they see and they're going to think that's everything so allowing me to have that little separation gives me that buffer where it's I let them see what they want I let them believe what they want but there's still a little bit of me hidden from that and that and that's not in a sense of saying like I'm lying to them and I'm only being like the perfect Instagram you know what I mean but it's it's more of a I allow the story to be told the way I want it to be told and mm-hmm. that's the only information that they get, which really works for me, especially the way I tell my story on like my blog and now my podcast that I'm starting. It's mm-hmm. done from a perspective, especially using the screen name and using Token Carney in there. It allows people to read the story, be a part of the story and remove me from it. So they get to hear my experiences and they get to use them like they would a novel where you're reading it and you, you know, identify with Katniss. So you put yourself in her shoes and you go through the story Mm -hmm. as her. So it does that. Mm -hmm. Whereas if people do it for me, it's like an autobiography. 
And an autobiography right. is really hard to relate to the person unless everything is identical. But if I if I put token in there and let people read it and they're like, no, I get this. I can relate to this. This reminds me of this experience. And then they can go through that. And that's literally the whole reason I started this is it was, uh, um, now we're into the big synopsis you wanted. I... <laughs> I went through a lot and it's, I mean, a lot, a lot. Cliff Notes version of it. I was in a really toxic relationship. I decided that I couldn't do it anymore. It was right around Hurricane Irma when I was living in Florida. So like 2017, I had been with somebody mm-hmm. for almost three years and it just got to the point where I hated everything. I hated who I was. I hated what I was doing. I was not performing anymore. I wasn't working. Um, for those that are listening, I have no idea. Token Carney isn't just like a random joke. I literally am a circus performer. That's what I had been doing. I was a trapeze artist for years. I've been doing um, circus for like 12 or 13 years now. So it's it's what I went to college for. It's what I studied. And, and I have a theater degree from Florida State University specializing in Circus performance, costume design, and French and Italian Renaissance burlesque. That is what my whole education was based on. So I would perform and I would coach and I was in this relationship mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing any of it. I wasn't doing mm-hmm. a, a dang thing. I mm-hmm. was working a serving job, like two or three serving jobs to pay the bills. And Florida minimum wage for servers was like $5.30. Oh, <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah, so I was oh I was unable to perform and to train because training is expensive because I moved we moved somewhere that was affordable, but it was like an hour outside of Orlando where all the schools were. So I would have to drive so far to go train. And then it got to the point mm-hmm. where it just wasn't worth it. So I was working mm-hmm. to make money, but I wasn't able to afford to do other things. And the relationship got bad. There were conversations. They were like, You're getting fat. I don't want to be with you when you're fat. Um, I don't like I don't like when you look like this because you look too feminine and I want you to look more masculine. And it was a really hard time to to come to all of that, especially because I was starting to realize that I was not the traditional man. I'm gender fluid. And it was coming to terms with that, coming to terms in that relationship and understanding like, oh, wait, I fit under the trans bracket. Mm -hmm. So this doesn't work for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was literally like my whole world ended. And we broke up, which was fine. I ended up, and then I ended up, we still had about seven months left on our lease. So I was homeless. I was couch surfing because I was paying to live there, even though I wasn't living there and I couldn't afford to go anywhere else. So I had that. Then the job I had closed, they laid everybody off. So I had to Mm. find a new job. In the process of it getting all closed and laid off, I had been in a car accident, w- applied for a new car, got a new car and everything. They called to verify mm-hmm. my job and my job said they laid us all off. So they repoed the car. <gasps> um, they didn't tell me this. So I got a phone call on Halloween saying that I was wanted for Grand Theft Auto. Um, oh my God. Yeah, because nobody had contacted me because they went to the house that I wasn't living in. Right. And so my ex is calling me saying that you're a criminal, you're wanted for this. Like, you're doing all these things and completely blew it out of proportion. And I was just like, awesome. So I'm sitting like, I'm in a nightclub, fully painted for Halloween. I have like sugar skull makeup on. I have a like glittery Egyptian makeup on. I'm like half, half all these things. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. we can come arrest you now or you can turn the car. And I was like, can you wait until tomorrow morning? Because I have fake <laughs> eyelashes on and I will be eaten alive in prison. Oh they're like, yeah, you can bring it in the morning. So I proceeded to do what any 26 year old does when they have hard news come to their life i got shit faced 
Um, <laughs> like I would just, oh. So I called my mom and I'm talking to her and she's like, what are you going to do? She's like, it sounds like you're trying really hard not to cry. I was like, it took me two and a half hours to get this makeup put on me. Of course I'm not crying. Like I'm not wasting my time. So I ended up, right. so that happened. And then it just ended up being like four or five months of me trying to find something new. I had a, I had a new job. I was working on it. I went to get another car, but then there were issues because they're like, well, this one says you got repossessed and all this stuff. So they didn't give me the car. So I was biking to and from work. So I was biking 14 miles each way to my friend's apartment oh my to sleep on her couch and back. And eventually I was at this job. I was a manager. Well, I was a, a key employee. So I was like all the manager responsibilities, but none of the manager benefits. You, you know oh, how, fun. yeah, it was great for $11 an yeah. hour. Right. So I'm biking, mind you, I'm biking. It took me an hour and a half to two hours to get to and from work. And that's like one way. So an hour and a half. Oh. So I would leave. I had to be at work at 10 and I would leave for work at like eight. Bike there, change at work, um, out of a backpack where all my things were that I was living out of. Go go work, work a full uh, 12 to 13 hour shift and then bike home. And I was like, I can't oh. do this for $11. I need to make more money or I'm going to be in problems. And I was like, I have to go somewhere else. And they were like, we right. understand. Good luck. I was like, cool. So it got to the point where like in March, I called my family and they're like, you're coming home. We we can't. So I moved back to where they were, which was like two hours away from Orlando-ish. So mm -hmm. closer to like St. Augustine. Um, they live in Ponco. Mm -hmm. So it's like the Flagler Beach area. And mm -hmm. I lived there for a little bit. Then I went to California for a work convention, um, met somebody out here that had roommates moving out. And then it, New Year's Eve, I packed everything into a car drove cross country in a rental car and moved in here with nothing. I had no job. I the only thing I knew is where I was going to live and how much money it was going to cost to to get here. I had $600 in my bank account. I maxed my credit cards all one of them. I maxed my $300 credit limit because obviously credit is something I wasn't doing well with considering my history. Um right. And it just I came out here and I started and so I started journaling and writing down like each week I would do something different is, is like a, you started over, you have 52 weeks to become a better version of yourself. So each week you're going to do something different and that's going to be what happens. And a bunch of people mm -hmm. were like, can you share that? I was like, what do you mean? They're like, we want to do that too. I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, these challenges, this story, like we want to make ourselves better too. Can you share it? And my blog was born. So it became 52 in you, which each week was a different post and a different challenge. Um, and I kept up with it for about a month in 2019 because it was really hard to get situated, mm -hmm. moving cross country, make money, all that fun stuff. So I picked it yeah. back up again this year and that's where I started doing it again. And it's just like crazy that I went from where I went to where I am now. And now we're stuck in a pandemic and it's basically the same thing over again. <laughs> oh my God. It's like reinvent yourself, reinvent yourself one more yeah, time. Yeah, but I love it. It's, it's, I don't, if I've learned anything, it's just the fact that like, I'm at the possibilities and the, the opportunity right now where I can, anything that happens, people are like, well, I'm scared. What do I do? How do I do this? And for me, it doesn't matter. There's none of this like, oh God, what do we do? Let's freak out. Let's panic. It's just kind of like, okay, cool. Now what? Like what's next? It's, it's, it doesn't even hinder me. There's none of this like fear of change. There's none of this like, oh my God, what do we do? 
the the lease mm-hmm. that I have since I moved here is up at the end of this month. And we have um, a pretty decent amount of money saved up for us to move. And mm-hmm. But nobody's working. And I'm on medical disability right now because I herniated my back, as you and I have previously discussed, at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. So I've been home on medical leave. So I'm not circus performing there either. But um, it was just like a okay, we have a month to get this set up. We have to find a new place. No one's open right now because of the quarantine and everything. What are we going to do? And I'm literally just like packing boxes and not even phased. I'm like ready to go. So this wow. experience has been crazy, but I think it's given me the opportunity to just take each thing step by step. And instead of going, oh my God, I'm terrified. What do I do next? How do I organize this? What do I, What am I supposed to think? It's just, uh, mm-hmm. oh, my brain looks at it and it's literally like, this is the end goal. This is where we're starting. How do we get where we need to in between it? And it's not, um, there's no blockage. There's no, mm-hmm. oh my God, there's no like freaking out or anything. It's literally just like end goal, this goal, put the puzzles together. And I think that's made it really cool for me as a teacher, as a um as a speaker, writer, whatever you want to call what I do, but it's really been able, like I've been able to take my story and tell it to other people and have them be like, oh, wow, I really can just do these things and not care what happens in between. And that's honestly been my favorite part of this. And with my website and everything, it's called Redhead Runaway. And it's um, just been this this fun opportunity because people hear Runaway and they think running away from something when mine was the mm-hmm. exact opposite. I ran away from everything that sucked and ran towards everything that was good in my life. So I basically took the term runaway mm-hmm. and turned it into something positive. And I'm really thrilled to have that opportunity to share it with people and change their perspective. Oh, I love it. So you picked up the 52 and me again. Yes. So I'm doing 52 and you now. I'm um, a few posts behind because, you know, pandemic. But <laughs> yeah. basically it's, I'm sitting at my desk and I have my whole like weekly calendar in front of me of what things I'm supposed to do on which day. Um, supposed to is the keyword. So <laughs> I started doing bullet journaling, which for anyone who knows what that is, it's fantastic. If you don't know what that is, I would love to talk about it with you at some point. It's essentially a blank journal with dots in it. and You can set it up however you want. It's really popular among like artists and YouTube because they can design really cool graphics and stuff for it. But the mm-hmm. is from Ryder Carroll, and it's literally um, meant to be a brain dump. So instead of writing, today I had all of this happen to me, today I feel this way and this, it's literally just like today's date, laundry, tasks, someone did this, someone did that. And it's the cliff notes, bullet point version of what happened in your life so that you can get it out of your brain and focus on what actually needs to be done. It has been a lifesaver for me. I love that. I, I've i looked at it. It's one of those things that has been on my list to do for a hundred years. And I'm like, yeah, it seems like it would be a really great way to organize your it mind. Is, it so is. That, There's that, a comic that I've seen where it's like one guy's freaking out about his life and his friend walks up and he's like, have you tried bullet journaling? And he's like, I don't know. And so the next one it flips to, it's like him sitting, meditating, perfectly calm. And he has this like spiral on his chest instead of a chaotic thing. And he's like, everything is right in the world because of this bullet journal. Then it zooms it on his face and he's like, if I lose this, my world will end. And I laugh at it because that's how I feel with it. It's it's definitely a steep uh-huh. learning curve. You have to figure out what works for you. But the beauty in it is that if one week doesn't work, you just turn the page and start over. 
Now, what do you recommend to start with? Is there a particular kind you of You can check or... whatever you want. And actually, I even have a blog post about this. So I have part of the 52ing you thing with it. I started writing my things weekly, and then I started tracking my bullet mm -hmm. journal. So I have um, Redhead Runaway is the website that hosts everything. I have 52ing you, which is like the weekly challenges. And then I have something called Bujo Boudoir, which is each week I post my bullet journal layout that I've done. And then the following weekend, I post a review of how that worked for me based on its function, um, how easy it was to design, what I used it for, and things like that. So it's kind of like, a, hey, if you don't know how to bullet journal, you can see what I've done and figure out which one works best for you. And sometimes they're like, I pull them from Instagram, I pull them from other people and do different layouts off of it. So it gives people a chance to look. Mm -hmm. But I have the sponsored bullet journal. Um, it is Ryder Carroll's design. It is from Letcherm 1917. Um, it's sitting in front of me and I'm looking through it. Mm -hmm. You can find that at like Barnes and Noble on Amazon. It's a really good starter one because it has a um, like instructional thing in the back of it. So it's like a little breakdown mm -hmm. of how it works, but you can literally do anything, any blank bullet dotted journal. There's um, this one, there's Archer and Olive, there's Scribbles That Matter, like you can Google it and find it. If you do it on like an Instagram search, people post their layouts all the time and they typically tag the, the book that they have and you can go from there. So it's okay. all personal preference. I'm probably going to change to a, um, I'm thinking Archer and Olive after this because the bullet journal I have has a lot of uh, what they call ghosting where the pages you can like, if you use a marker or something on one page, it's not that it bleeds through the next page, but you can kind of see where it was drawn. And I don't like uh, that, but it's not, it's not like it's a bad thing. It's not terrible. It gets the job done. But if you're a very artistic, lots of color person, you're going to want a book with thicker pages. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Cause I, I, it's a huge peeve of mine. I'm just with regular journaling. I don't bullet journal, but I'm definitely going to start now. I yeah, love that idea. You can so, use like um, colored pencils and stuff. So I use fine liners and just like a, uh, let me open my little pouch and, and I'll pull my pens out. So the zipper noises. I use, I have uh, <laughs> fine liners in here that are, what brand are you? Not sponsored. Stadler uh, Triplus Fine Liners. I have a colored pack of those. And then I have Pilot G207 colored and then Precise V5RT. Those are my favorite like pens because they're super fine. And then you can just take like a felt tip marker if you want to thicken them or like do calligraphy. A lot of people really love the Tombow markers because those are great for like um, huge hand lettering flourishes. I just use Super Tip Crayolas. It's like $15 for a pack of like a hundred of them in different colors. And then I just draw everything in pencil and then color it. So I just filmed for April, my first ever plan with me video for YouTube. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to get off this podcast with you and edit that and upload it. So you can actually see me draw my layouts and like give people ideas to go from there. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's excellent. Ooh, that's fun. So um, tell me, what else do you do besides bullet journaling that makes you happy? What do you do for like stress relief? Do you, what do you do for fun in your life? Pardon the allergy cough. <clears throat> it's a weird time to have seasonal allergies, by the way. The, the pollen in California <laughs> yeah, is crazy same. compared to what I was used to in Florida. And when I moved out here last year, it rained so much that we didn't really have it. So this year I'm getting like punched in the face by it. And everyone looks at me like I'm dying. And I'm like, calm down. It's allergies. Like, calm down. Um, so for me, yep. I'm obviously a storyteller and that's how I, I get my like stress relief. So I know that it's one of those things where 
like, yeah, I do bullet journaling and yes, it ties into it, but Redhead Runaway, my website is my stress relief. It's me, like, it was essentially started as a diary. It was done for me to like put these things through and process them, process them and like work through them on my own. And then it just kind of become a shared thing. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like a, oh, you're just trying to promote your site. No, really, this is how I work through my stuff. This is what I do. So the I have the bullet journal in there. Mm -hmm. I have the, the colors. I have, you know, my whole list of things that I want to do and create and put up, but I'm a huge craft person. Like, I'm a huge DIY person. You can hand me, I can look at a picture on Instagram, save the photo on Pinterest, save the photo, and I will try to duplicate it just for fun. I love to cook. Um, I love organization is something that oddly enough, I'm really good at. And I think that that's just because I had literally no control over my life for so long with all of these things going on that I became mm -hmm. organized because it was the one thing I could control, which is like where my bujo came from. Um, so I have a lot of people that ask me, they're like, how do you organize this? How do you teach me that? And so that's something I'm going to be adding to my website is little like personal organization things, because for some reason, me organizing my life and then or organizing other people's crazy calms me. And that makes me feel crazy. <laughs> no, I think that that would be super beneficial. Having small tasks that just tell me how to do it. And I don't know how to organize. Like, oh, I've gotten or... so, so good at stuff like that. Like Marie Kondo, everybody talked about that. And I was like, wait, people aren't doing this. Like, well, when that first came out, my friend's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I condo Marie, or like I con Marie my closet. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she showed me and I was like, wait, this isn't just like a regular Friday activity for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> for me, my mom, I'm a Libra. My mom is a Gemini. So the way that we get through our stress and everything is like, okay, time to clean and rearrange the house. So I'm one, I'm one of those people where like, if I'm stressed out, you'll come home and everything in the furniture has been like rotated, changed and reorganized. And it just makes me feel better because mm -hmm. the whole energy in the space, not to sound like super hippy dippy, but surprise, I'm hippy dippy. Um, it just like <laughs> makes you, I'm a circus performer. Like I'm a literal carny, you know, I'm a hippy. Um, it just like, it completely changes the way that you handle everything and the way that you feel. And it's just so much better because you can sit there and just be like new space, new energy until next week when you're like, I hate everything. Mm -hmm. It just makes me think, again. do you, did you ever watch the Laura Croft movies that had, um, um, that had Angelina Jolie yeah. in it. And there was the one scene after the bungee fight where the post office, like the guy from the post office walks in and everything's destroyed. And she looks at him and she goes, I just woke up this morning and hated everything. Like that's, that is a mood. Uh -huh. That is a like uh -huh. a life motto of mine. And I cackle when that line happens. I know it's coming. I quote it. And then I just like pee myself for a good four minutes. Cause I'm like, you get me, Angelina, you get me. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, are there things that, are there things, other routines in your life that are helpful for you since things have been out of control? Other things that you have to do daily yes. to make you feel um, better? I've noticed a lot, especially, you know, through doing the bullet journal, because each day you write like a, a it's a bullet list and each symbol represents something different. Mm -hmm. um, plain dots are tasks. When you finish the task, you X out the dot not the actual task, because you want to be able to see what you've accomplished. Um, if something is irrelevant, you mm -hmm. scratch it out entirely, like um, like grade school when they're like, this sentence isn't valuable anymore, like that style. You just like put a line through it. Um, circles represent events. Uh -huh. 
or um, I use them for like places okay. that I'm going. So if I have like a doctor's appointment or like lunch with somebody, that's a circle. Um, and it's just a little circle next to it. Um, then you have like money signs are for bills or things that are coming and stars are for important things. A dash is for like a note and you write them in there so that you can cross the symbol out and still see what you've done. And it's um, the glory of a to-do crossing things off the to-do list and you get to physically see how much you have done. So that yeah. has made a huge difference oh, for me. Love- and then I put that into my other things. So like I have a nightly routine. I have like a nightly skincare routine. I have, um, since I got out of that relationship, I had very, very short hair. Like I had an undercut. I'd shaved my head a few times, all that. Like, you know, Brittany in 2008, I was living my best life. And my my <laughs> um, friend, we broke up <laughs> and I texted my friend and I was like, hey, I broke up with them. And her only response was Viking braids, question mark, because they knew how bad I wanted my hair to be long. I'm so OCD about my hair. I love playing with it, braiding it, doing all these fun things. I mean, I went to school for theater, so it ma- you know, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, mm-hmm. my hair right now is like two years later, it is just below my shoulders and it's like bright purple. Yeah, I have fun, fun hair. And that's uh, one of the things that people know me for. Like if you were to look up token on Instagram or anything, it's pastels. Everything is pastels bright colors, all this fun mm-hmm. stuff. And it's, so I have a very unique routine with like my skincare and with my, my hair and um, the way that I do eating and not, not the way I do eating to make me sound like OCD, but it's, um, it's mm-hmm. just below the obsessive compulsive line and just above the, this is a routine that I can manage and maintain and feel good about. I, I, it sounds like it's more curated rather than OCD. Like, it's intentional. It's, yeah, it's one of the where, like if people if people talk to me about it in public, I don't feel weird saying it. But I've definitely had some people be like, "Wow, you're a little obsessive over it." But then I've also had people who look at me and they're like, "Wait, you're 29?" And I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "You look like you're 22." I was like, "That's the skincare routine, boo. That's why." <laughs> like Ooh, I take very good care of my skin, like- and that's why. Oh, I like those secrets. I would like to know those. You should put those on your website, too. I am <laughs> planning on doing a YouTube video on it, actually. So I will gladly Yay! share it. Well, it's also one of those things where I feel like I've had friends say that like I'm moving towards the influencer lifestyle, which I can't stand because I just think of like James Charles and I want to vomit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. be like that. If people want to follow me and do what I do because they like my lifestyle, that's one thing. But like, I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to go to a restaurant and be like, do we get a discount? I have 10,000 followers. Like, I'm not like that. I just, it's, right. these are, this is my life. And if my life influences changes in yours, cool. But I'm not doing these things to like mm-hmm. be famous. Um, but mm-hmm. I've noticed that in that environment, a lot of the influencers are like, so many of you have been asking me about this. And so many of you are doing this and like flipping their hair and everything. I'm like, shut up. Just tell me what skincare routine you do. And it's like this super long story because they're trying to get the views and trying to get noticed and they'll like sponsor products that they like. And I'm not like that. I shop at TJ Maxx. I use like half of the skincare products I have were like $5 or under, but they work for my skin. And like, I know what I'm doing with my hair. So I know which ways to do it. And 
it's different for everyone. Like if somebody has curly hair, they obviously cannot use the same hair care routine that I have, but I at least know enough about it to be like, hey, if you have curly hair, this is where you would diverge and you would use this, this, and this instead of this. And it goes from there. And it's a lot of trial and error too. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, it's for me, it's a, this is what works for me. This is how I got to where it works for me. Go ahead and like use my advice and try and figure it out on your own. But I never, ever want it to be one of those things where people are like, his new skincare routine is out and I want to go watch that and live just like him. Like, no, your skin isn't mine, but you can look at what I'm doing and figure out what works for you. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you want it to be a lot more like organic in that you want it to happen if it's going to happen. And if not, that's fine. Right. And interactive. That's the main thing with like my story and me doing everything is I want people to be able to I don't want to be idolized by any means. That's not why I'm doing this. That's part of why I use token instead of me. I don't want to become an idol. I just want to become like, there's a difference between an idol and a role model. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, um, it, it sounds like you just don't want it to be unrealistic. You want it to be you and not anybody else's life. And and obviously nobody can live yours or do it exactly the way you want to do it, but you want to inspire them to be the best. That's, that they exactly. Can. That's the whole point of it. It's 52 and you literally says it's, there's 52 weeks, it's 365 days, 52 weeks and you it's what, what can you change in your life between now and next year? And I say it in all of the posts, the point is so that when you look in the more in the mirror next year, from whenever you start your, your thing is that you don't recognize that person. They should be completely different from who they were at the beginning. And it shouldn't be bad changes. It should be, I'm living more like this person living like that. It should be a completely individual journey between you, your mental health, your well-being, your benefit of your life. Because every person's life is different and every person's life has different influences. And one of the things that I've talked about multiple times is the match theory, where a match burns, it lights. Uh And there's two purposes to that. You can either, your passion which is what your match is. It's your, your mission, your passion, whatever you're doing. You want to light that match in the morning and it should burn so bright that if you're in darkness, anyone else who's in the darkness can see that. So if they are unsure of their life, if they are unsure of their passion, if they are unsure of what they need to do, they see your light and they know that they are not alone, which is huge. Because when mm-hmm. I was going through everything, mm-hmm. and yes, I had friends and yes, I had family and things, people there for me. But it was one of those moments where I was... Mm-hmm completely loved and had plenty of people being like, Hey, are you okay? But I still felt like I was in complete blackness. and I didn't know what I was doing. So see having that light from somebody is like, wait, there's a reason to keep going. Um, I can find them. I can go towards them. Or if you're the opposite side of it, that match is used where let's say you've started like burning out and your fire is not as bright. Your passion is not as bright. You don't know what you're doing. And then somebody comes along and their passion is really bright you catch fire because of them and it reignites your purpose and you keep going. And that is the point Mm -hmm. of what my story is. That is the point of the whole reason I started this, whether you resonate with what I say or not, you're going to take my spark Mm -hmm. and you're going to talk to other people about it. You're going to do this. Even if it's in casual conversation, even if you're like, Oh my God, that token card is completely ridiculous. Here's why you could talk to somebody who you're saying it as a joke, but they needed to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, I have mm-hmm. no idea whose life I'm going to influence through this. I don't know who needs to hear my message. It just felt, and we've already discussed the non-cocky mentality of it, but it just completely felt like this was a story that if I didn't share it, I was being selfish. 
Mm-hmm. I love it that you're able to be you and your life, the way that you're living is your message. You're, you're doing it as oh, 100%. There's been plenty of people that like, especially out here now, they're like, you did what? You moved out here. How? You packed everything in a rental car and just left. And I was like, yeah. And it completely blows their mind. But to me, it's my life. It feels not boring, but it just feels like, yeah, it happened, whatever. And it's not a big deal to me, but to other people, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. It's the how, and it's not everybody would do that. That's, that's why not everybody has the guts. To no, do I was on a podcast last or... week and she was talking about how people are scared. They're scared to do anything. And she's like, and you're not, you just don't, you just don't show it. And she's like, can you talk about that? I was like, I don't know what to say. I just do it. Mm-hmm. it's just been a huge like I think that's I don't know it's been helpful it's amazing it's very very inspirational to just to just do it I mean it's pretty powerful if you haven't heard about Anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain first of all it's free That was great for me and a lot of other new bloggers. It's really easy too. There's creation tools that allow you to record and you can edit your podcast right from your phone if you're really good. (laughs) Actually, it's pretty easy. Or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership. It's really everything you need to make a podcast in one place one-stop shopping. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What did you say was the, it's inspirational blank? (laughs) Well, it is inspirational. It's, um, it's incredible to me that you've able to be so resilient and talk about bouncing back. I mean, from every possible thing you could bounce back from. It just 100% doesn't even feel like a big deal to me. Like that is how used to it. I I guess I'm conditioned to just be like, life sucks, make the best of it. But (laughs) it's, it's literally just like people talk about that. Like, that's so inspirational. That's so crazy. And I'm like, because I got up this morning, like it just doesn't. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. There were plenty of days where I was just like laying in bed and didn't want to do anything. Like when I was, um, when I was couch surfing, I was staying at my friend's house and she didn't have an extra bed. I slept in a hammock in her bedroom like in a, in a, a spare room and on my days mm-hmm. off, I would not get out of bed. I would just stay in the hammock for the entire day. <laughs> oh. So like, it's not saying to numb your emotions and pretend these things didn't happen, but it's just like a, Hey, this is a three or four year story. Like, yes, there were some days that sucked where I was just like, I'm done. I hate everything. And I didn't want to do anything, but the majority of the days were like, okay, well, what do we do now? And that's, you know, something really important people have to remember is take your time, cry about it, get it out of your system, and then pick up and keep going because you can't just stay here forever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to, it, it's hard to not, it's hard as a person who has traumas, I guess I should say, to, it's really hard to talk about them. So the fact that you decided to, to talk about it it makes it so much more valuable. Everybody's got their little thing. Everybody's got their one thing that's, or big things that bother them or that have held them back. But 
it helps so much when other people are open about them. But here's here's the question, and this is something that I've never understood, and I guess it's what's shaped me to do things, is why is it so hard to talk about your trauma? Why? Social conditioning, I guess. It just doesn't register in my head. And I, and I remember growing up and being told, boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. Like, I am from a traditionally southern-ish family like I didn't think I had an accent when I moved to California but the more I talk to people the more they're like I can hear a little bit of a southern twang in there and I'm like you shut up um <laughs> like watch your tone ma'am <laughs> or I'll like say certain phrases and people are like yeah what now like it's so I grew up with that like we lived I was in Baltimore when I was little and we would go to like the baseball games and hot dogs and football and all of those things so for me to grow up and be like art school was a um was a change. So it was, you know, and I, I'm very fortunate that I went to a theater program, one of the best theater programs in the nation. And I had, and that's stats. That's not even me just being nice. That's statistically proven. Um, where every morning it was like, my roommate was an engineer and it was 8am. He had to turn in an engineering lightboard. And I had 8am. You have to sit on stage and cry and tell me about your trauma. Like it was a, a completely different thing. So I feel like I've been taught differently to process my emotions and handle things so a lot of my journey and me talking people like i can't believe you're so open talking about your like your your sexual abuse your emotional abuse your being homeless and being these things and i'm like well what am i supposed to do be ashamed of it (laughs) and i know that some people don't operate that way but i'm hoping in the same way that people talk about death and things like that that by talking about it i i kill that notion and and desensitize the fact from like, you should be ashamed of this thing. Because for me, it's not Mm -hmm. like, none of these are my fault. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my my picker's broken. I picked the wrong person and they ended up abusing me. Like, okay, cool. So I can either cry about how I'm a victim or I can be like, Mm -hmm. this was a mistake, learn from it, keep going. So all of the traumas in my life are like building blocks that made me who I am. And although I wish none of this on anyone. I don't want anyone to relive the experiences that I have relived. I'm hoping that by talking about them and using that, I can show other people that it's okay to do these things. It's okay to go through these as long as you're learning from it, as long as you're doing something. And one of the things I say on my website all the time is that my story is the perfect example of it is okay to run. It is okay to leave situations that don't benefit you and, and do all these things. Mind you, I don't want any like 16 year olds being like, my parents hate me. My job sucks. Let me just quit and run away. Like that ain't what I'm saying. But I'm, I am right. saying that if something doesn't benefit you and you are able to leave that situation, do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote that it is okay to be a runaway as long as you're running towards something. And that's mm-hmm. just the big thing that I want people to take away from this is like trauma is okay. It's okay to talk about trauma. It is okay to process it. It is not mm-hmm. okay to let it consume you because then, then you become the victim. Right. Right. And it's such a hard thing to come to terms with. Um, I've, I've had several of those kinds of experiences in my own life. And, and you're right. It's only when you have the courage to say that, you know, this is not okay. This is not okay. And I can choose something different in how I react to it. And I can choose to go in a place in a direction that's healthy for me. And for everyone listening, this isn't easy. It is not easy to wake up and be in an abusive relationship, abusive situation, whatever, and go, I need to change this now to get up and leave. Right. Not everyone is as fortunate and as um, strong-willed 
as I am. Like mm-hmm. to be com- like, if we're being completely honest, the reason that I left my situation is because I was just done with it. I was fed up mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I was more stubborn than anything. I was like, I'll be damned if I let you control my life. However, it took like <laughs> three months for me to get to that point. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. there, there mm-hmm. people hear that you left the situation, but they don't hear everything that goes into it. And they have to understand that it's different for everyone, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. victim blame anyone. I'm not going to um, tell people they're wrong for how they process their trauma, right. but I want, I want people to understand that you can overcome it and you should. And sometimes it's as easy as talking to me. Cause I've talked to plenty of, not me specifically, but somebody, but I've been talking to people about their trauma and I just go, why? Why does it bother you over and over until eventually they're like, you know what? It is dumb. You're right. And sometimes it just takes that soundboard of somebody going, Hey, I love you. What the hell are you doing for them to like Mm -hmm. comprehend and be like, Oh my God, something needs to change. And for me, it was just the fact that I was in a relationship with somebody who made me feel ugly, but not ugly in the sense of vanity, ugly in the sense that like, I was just, everything about me was just ugly the way I was acting, the way I was dressing, the way I was carrying myself, the work I was doing, like it wasn't me. I was living my life for somebody else. And in the process, I wasn't living. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Everything in that relationship life, it was perfect on paper, but I didn't like what I was reading. Mm. That must've been so incredibly difficult. (laughs) That's a way to word it, yeah. But I, I appreciate very much that that you mentioned that it took some time, like you realized it, but you know, you don't always get to up and leave a situation flat. You know, sometimes, like you're saying, it takes a little while for you to really Right. And at the same time, you have to you have to understand that if you're a victim of abuse or something like that, it's not easy to just leave that situation because as we discussed with mine, I ended up homeless because of it. I had friends that I could couch surf with. So I wasn't living like on the street and, and things like that. Like it wasn't a homeless living in a cardboard box, but it was still, I gave up everything. But for me, losing everything meant more than staying. Like it was, I weighed the pros and cons and I was like, just go, just do it. And so I did. And sometimes that doesn't work for people. If you're in an abusive relationship, it's hard to leave. What if you have kids? What if you have this, where are you going to go? What are you going to do with them? How are you going to take care of them? I was fortunate that I had a support net that allowed me to go do those things and still make it happen. Like my parents, nobody wants to move back home at 27, 28, living with their their family and their 18-year-old sister across the hallway. However, now she's my best friend. Like we have a really close relationship Mm -hmm. now and I'm close and I'm fortunate Mm -hmm. with my family, but there was still that sacrifice of being a gender fluid gay 27 year old moving back home to my parents house and living under their rules I had to give up a lot of my identity um not because they were like you can't be that way here but because it was their house their rules and you never go into someone's home and disrespect them you don't do it so it was just like a a difference there and I'm not saying my parents are super strict and crazy but I went from being able to do whatever I wanted at any time of the day to being like no I have to stay in my room and I can't leave now because it's 2 a.m and I'm at my parents house (laughs) like (laughs) There's a little different. Like, I can't be drunk at noon in my family's house because they're going to be like, so what you doing? You know? So you have to you have to make it work for you. But 100%, if you're going through something, literally write everything down and just think about it. Just weigh it out. Because 
there's also that sense of imposter syndrome where when you're processing everything, you're like, I can't do it because of these. I can't do it because of these. And my I can't do it is I can't do it because we have a lease. I can't do it because we live together. I can't do it because we live together. What are we going to do because we live together? And then eventually I was like, you can still pay rent and not stay there, dumbass. And so I did. <laughs> like, that's literally what happened. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, I'm so glad you did. Oh, I'm, it sounds like you did the right thing. Oh, 100%. And my partner that I'm with now is incredible. Like, it's crazy to think the difference that we have um, in the relationship I was in, the relationship I'm in now. It's at the point where, like, I was growing my hair out. I was dying and I was doing all these things. And my ex didn't <laughs> like any of it, was hating on it, was saying that it was all these things. It was problems. Whereas my current relationship is like, I woke up this, well, I woke up this afternoon because I slept in, but I woke up this morning and there was coffee waiting for me in the fridge. There was breakfast on the stove. Oh. Um, like it's, it's so interesting because you get to a relationship with all the things that you knew. And when you leave to go to a different relationship, it's kind of like a, I deserve this. And I was talking to my sister on the phone yesterday and she's dating someone now who she's used to chaotic energy. So when they have an argument or when she's upset, she'll be like, I'm mad for this. And the guy she's with now literally just goes, okay, I'm sorry. What can I do to fix it? And she's like, wait, come back here. I need to fight. I'm not prepared for this. So it's like that sense of maturity <laughs> and sense of like, oh, things are okay now that we're just like, wait, come back. I'm not used to you being level-headed and a rational human being. So... <laughs> I'm so glad that you have someone who treats you that way, who treats you with, with respect that you deserve and that makes you Oh, yeah. Good. He's uh, currently hiding in the bedroom with my dog to keep her quiet. And he's just like watching anime on his computer. So, you know, oh, si simple little things. Yeah. So what's next for you? You have, um, you have your, your, online, um, your online resources that you're starting to put out more of. Yes. A YouTube channel. Do you, do you have a name I for do. it? I do. So um, the website is redheadrunaway.com. It's, you can just go right there. I'm updating it more frequently. So when I first designed it this year, it was kind of boilerplate and people were just like, I don't know what's happening here. And I was like, noted because there was a big, there. Well, it was really hard because I was trying to not put pictures of me and just put my story because I didn't want people to associate the story with me as the person. I didn't want to be the face mm -hmm. of it. And then the more I've talked and to my photography friend, Becca, who I mentioned earlier, she was like, no, put your face on there because people need to see you to relate to the story. Then, And they can put your face with what's going on and associate you with it and still remove you from it if they need to. So everything mm -hmm. has changed where it's all token. There's no Ryan on any of it. It's just my pictures and stuff there. Mm -hmm. uh, 52 and You is on that website. Bujo Boudoir is on that right. website. Um, Redhead Runaway, the podcast is currently being filmed. That's going to be on there. Um, so there'll be two versions of that. There'll be one that's exclusive because I use Patreon because I don't like advertisements. I feel that if you're on a website and you're on a blog and a bunch of ads pop up, it ruins the experience. Um, and mm -hmm. with how deep of a story my my situation is, and my the 52 and you posts are long. And it's not that they're long mm -hmm. because they're boring and I'm like being wordy. They're long because it is a life self-help coaching type experience. And it needs to be long to get the point across and like get it through your head. So that's, you know, mm -hmm. it's fine. Bujo Boudoir is real short. It's like three paragraphs. And I'm like, this worked this week. This didn't. I'm sorry. Um, but they're both on there. So the podcast will have on Patreon a um, 52 and you audio version. So if you don't like to read, you can just listen to it. You can just, it's the lowest tier on Patreon just to make it easy for people. But it does take extra time for me to do it. So that's why I put it on there. And then there'll be a follow-up. Okay. 
So if you read the blog, there's a podcast that'll be available for everyone where it's just like a discussion of what happened in that blog post and how I implemented those things into my own personal life. And so it's Ooh, like, okay. uh, you Perfect. can read it and this is the lesson, this is the challenge. I want you to go do it. And then you can listen to the other one. It's like, this is how I did it. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I love yeah, that. Both which sides. is a good thing. And then I'm starting another one called Runaway Rambles, which is just going to be me and friends talking about whatever the hell we want, really, honestly. Just rambling because I'm good at that. Um, and then oh, cool. once I get the editing software fixed, I'll be doing a YouTube channel that'll have like Bujo videos, um, discussions, things in my life. So that'll be a more visual behind the scenes. And then I have my Instagram where I post my layouts every week. And that one is more of like a what I want people to see look and curated the way that I want them mm-hmm. to see it. Not in the sense of like fake Instagram, but in the sense of like, I put work into this art and I'm proud of it. So that's how I do that one. So that's all of my content. And then May 3rd, our lease ends and we're moving to the San Diego area. So I'm thrilled. I cannot wait. So do we, when we, um, so he is from here. He's from the Santa Ana area. I currently live literally on the border of Anaheim and Orange. So I'm like Mm -hmm. right around the corner from Disney. I moved from one to the other, apparently. I hate it. <laughs> so everyone's like, you moved for Disney? And I'm like, shut up. No. Uh, I moved for the beach from one beach to the other. It's fine. So we went, we were unsure where we want to live. So we love the Santa Monica area. So we went, spent a day in Santa Monica. And then we went and spent a weekend in San Diego because those were the two areas we really liked. And mm-hmm. we got maybe 10 minutes into San Diego on the road. And we were like, this is it. We're moving here. This is official. Um, so we went for mm-hmm. Valentine's Day this year. We got lucky. It wasn't even like a romantic getaway. It was just like a, that's when my roommate could watch my dog. So we went to, we went down for the weekend. The <laughs> food was incredible. The views were incredible. And it just is more my lifestyle. I know a lot of um, people do the like move to LA when you're on YouTube and podcasts and stuff like that. But it's, it's too... Mm-hmm. Oh my God, welcome to my channel. And that's not how it works for me. So San Diego is much more laid back and much more realistic and much more like life is happening and this is what we're going to make of it. And that is very much my mentality and my mood. So I was thrilled for that. And plus there's a really good circus school there. So once my back heals up, I'll be able to start training again. That's what I was going to ask you is if um, your recovery is progressing so that you will. So not to add even more drama to my life but my injury is incredibly severe so with a herniated disc um average herniated disc is between two and five millimeters um large is considered like eight to ten and anything above that is considered very large i have an 18 millimeter herniated disc which is one of the largest recorded ones yeah and i googled it to check 18 millimeters is the largest that i could find just to make sure but my doctor's they don't understand because I should technically be paralyzed. I shouldn't be able to move around or anything. And I can walk for between 10 and 15 minutes at a time. Um, so they're very confused because oh. I shouldn't be able to move at all. And I can't, I'm, I'm up, I'm moving around, whatever. I just can't work. I can't like go out places. I have, sometimes I have to use a wheelchair. It just really depends, but I'm just taking mm-hmm. it day by day and hoping it gets better based on the severity of my injury. They, t- they told me it could be a year or two before I'm able to do anything physical. But they also told me this at the beginning. And then a month later, I was able to touch my toes and do all this other stuff. So 
I am literally just waking up and taking it like this is how much pain I'm in today and then moving from there. So I'm hoping that within a year I'll be able to get back to circus, but I'm just kind of taking it as it comes. Oh, I love the way that I love your perspective. It's it's just incredible. It's incredible because you're using what what is what has come at you and turning it well, into something positive. when somebody tells you that you should be paralyzed and you shouldn't be able to walk and you're able to up and walk it's not a well damn i wish i could do these things it's more of a like okay well <laughs> i'm okay walking for 10 minutes and being in pain if it means that i'm not spending the rest of my life in a wheelchair you know what i mean like i'm looking at the two and accepting the, the light and the positivity and what i do have rather than being like but i wish i could do that like i understand my limits Oh, that's amazing. It was a learned process. I'll tell you that much. You you know what? You've got here now. And that's incredible. What a gift. What a gift. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for. Sometimes we have to start over. Sometimes we have to fight back Sometimes it's all too much Lost inside the black Stories are